Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Oh, y'all can do better than praise the Lord, everybody. One more time. Praise the Lord, everybody. I tell y'all, God is good. And all the time. Amen. We give honor to God. I thank God for this day. Y'all feel all right? I feel all right. Has God rescued you in your life? Did something for you that nobody else could do? If he did, go ahead and give God praise right there. That's a, that's, that song is a testimony. That if God ain't done nothing for you, then guess what? You can't sing that song. But because God has brought me out of this storm and brought me out of that situation, brought me out of this sickness, brought me out of that time when I had a bill and I didn't have no money, God brought me out. When God brought me out, I, my response to his deliverance is hallelujah. My response to all of my um, problems and God's power is what? Hallelujah. And so, you know, they say hallelujah is the what? highest praise that you can't go no higher than hallelujah so when you don't know how to praise god all you got to say is what all you got to do is lift your hands and say what so if god has done something for you go ahead and say what so praise the lord amen praise god let's get into it are y'all excited for the word of god this morning I know you may have come to get a good worship but i don't know about y'all but i need a good word from god I, I, the, the music make me feel good. I get happy and then I get, I, I get called up in the spirit. But it's the word of God that really brings change in my life. It's the word of God that really um, ministers to the inside of me that I'm no longer the same. I know we say um, we come to service. We don't want we want to leave different than how we can. Right. And the only way you're going to leave different is how you come is if you grab a hold of not just to the worship, but to the word of God. Because the worship, it draws you into God's presence. But once you get into his presence, you got to hear what he has to say. Amen. So we as a church are in a series called, anybody know it? Shout it. Amen. Altars. Go ahead and shout it one more time. And so what we are doing is we're studying what does idolatry looks like in our lives, right? Um, That first Sunday we talked about how our worship, our life is reserved for God. That you should have God in your priorities, you should have God in your practices. He should always be first. And anything that comes up against God, you ought to be fighting for it, fighting against it to keep God first. Amen? And then last Sunday, we talked about how we had raised an altar unto ourselves sometimes. And the Lord told us, what? Well, it's not even about you. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's not even about you. Amen. That we should keep Jesus first other seconds, and ourselves last, right? Jesus first, other seconds, yourself last. Uh, and today, moving on quickly, um, we are going into the next installment about how we set altars to substance. Somebody shout substance. We, first, we set an altar against ourselves. Because we want to be in control of our lives. We want to um, have reign and rule over our lives. But then sometimes we set an altar, our worship to what? Substance. Somebody shout substance. So let's go with me to 1 John. 1 John in the New Testament, chapter 2. 1 John, chapter 2. 1 John, chapter 2. As you turn in there, you already know it. Lift up on your feet. If you're willing and you're able 
and you're not too mean or rude, just out of honor and respect for God. One of the things I want to challenge you to do is as we move forward, even as you go to other churches sometimes too, as, as soon as someone is reading the word of God, let it be your natural, your first instinct to stand. Amen. Uh, I've been to churches where I, I was the only person standing and the scripture was being read. I was standing because I'm honoring God's word. This is not just something church culture. And I, one day I'll go back and I'll show it to you in the word of God. But whenever Ezra began to read the word, he stood on the pulpit, opened the law, and the people stood up. And so you stand out of honor and respect for God. First John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. You there? Um, I am reading from the New Living Translation. Um, as I told you guys a, a, few, a few weeks ago, God has me in this translation um, sharing his word. Um, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. He says, do not love this what? Nor, things, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving. Somebody say craving. For physical pleasure, a craving, somebody shout craving, for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from who? This world. And this world is fading away. This world is fading away. Let that resonate. This world, everything you see, everything you own is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. I want you to really pay attention and hang your head hack on those first um, five words. Do not love this world. Do not love this world. Father God, we thank you now for this day. God, thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. Father, have your way. God, you've given me this word. And Father, I'm come to share it with them and help me to deliver it with power and authority. That Father, our minds are changed. Our hearts are transferred. Father, that we may become more like you in this moment. Father, whatever we have raised in our, our heart, our altar in our hearts says not to you. Father, I pray now that you remove it in Jesus' name. Father, get the glory out of your word. Let it do what you send it to do. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. amen. You may have your seat. This morning, I want to preach and teach from the thought, break the addiction. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, break. Y'all, y'all can, can put, come on, put your preacher voice on and say, break the addiction. All right, now this time, put your preacher voice on this time. Say, neighbor, break the addiction. Amen. Give God praise right there. Idolatry um, can look like so many things in our lives. And one of the things that the Lord began to show me um, in the past few weeks is that idolatry can look like an addiction. We become overly infatuated. We become overly attached. We become overly dependent on something to the place where we feel like it makes us who we are. Where if we, if we don't have the abundance or we don't have access to this thing, we feel that as if something in our lives is off. Something not feeling right. Our moods start changing. Our minds can't be still. Every little thing that happened to us is bothers us, mainly because we have become overly infatuated. We've become overly attached, and we have become overly dependent on something that is not God. And sometimes when you don't have it, 
You, you, you know, you start having withdrawals. You have start having mental and spiritual withdrawals. If I, and I don't get to do this right here, or if I don't have this right here in my life, just don't feel the same. I'm not happy like I'm supposed to be because I don't have this thing in my life. Am I making sense? Because our minds, our bodies, our spirits are fiending to engage with something that is not God. And so God has um, allowed you to come here this morning for me to announce that some of us need to go to a spiritual rehab center. Some of us need to go to a spiritual rehab center where God is able to break the uh, chains of addiction and affection to the things of this world off of our lives. Because to be honest, to be honest, to be honest, to be honest, some of us have become addicted to these things of this world unconsciously we become overly attached, overly dependent. We come so overly fascinated in what the world has to offer that we are having withdrawals from God. And so there are three things, three main things that this world, in this world, that many of us have become addicted to. Uh, and this is what I want, I want us to center around this, this morning. There are three main things that many of us have become addicted to. Number one is media. Somebody shout media. So I'm going to go ahead and do it again. Media. The other one we've become addicted to is material possessions. The other thing we've become addicted to, and I'm going to step on some toes when I say this, it's not media, it's not material possessions, but sometimes it's men in our lives, people in our lives. We've become addicted to media, materialistic things, and men. We love these, these things so much, you love them so much, that it got us in a chokehold. Amen, praise God. Some of us, some, so many of us are building our lives around these things. You're building your life around um, that special person in your life. You're building your life around this special thing in your life. You're building your life around um, what social media has to say around, about you. You are building your life around it, and therefore you have become addicted to it. Am I making sense? We become addicted to it. We are building our lives not off of God's design and his word, but what the world has told us our lives should look like on social media. Some of us, we're building our life, lives off of warning and, and feeling like we have to have a certain amount of money. I got to have this certain amount of money to be happy. I got to have this certain amount of money to be, uh, to be satisfied in life. I got to have this special materialistic thing in my life just so that I can be satisfied. Some of us got addicted to name brands. That if I don't got this brand, if I don't got this brand, if, I, if, if it's not Versace, if it's not Louis Vuitton, if it's not, if it's not Chanel, if it's not, if it's, it's, if it's not Hunt's ketchup, I don't want the Dollar General brand ketchup. I want Miracle Whip. I don't want, I don't want that regular real mayonnaise. I'm talking to myself a little bit. <laughs> Some of us got addicted to all of these materialistic things that we feel as if it makes us who we are. I got to have the name brand. I got to have the money. I got, if, look, my clothes, got to, they got to come from Sheen, Fashion Nova. They got to they be top tier. Some of us got addicted to money, got addicted to shopping, got addicted to um, some people. But then some of us are building our lives around a desire to be liked by other people. You want to be liked by people so bad that you are willing to compromise who you are. You want people to be in your life so bad that you're willing to compromise who you are so that they can, so they can stay attached to you. And some, for somebody, you, you, you go into your friends, but some of, sometimes, I'm going to turn my head so I wonder if I think I'm talking about them. Sometimes it's not even your friends, but it's your family that you're addicted to. 
Sometimes it's your family that's controlling you. You, you, do, you. you compromise your values, you compromise your practices so that you can make your family happy. But God is here to break the addiction. Somebody say, break the addiction. And I need to tell you, let that thing go. Let that love, that fascination, let that, um, that dependency on something else, let that go. If you feel like it makes you who you are, you have made that thing into an idol. Even if it's your education journey, if you feel like your degree makes you who you are, then you need to guess what? You need to take a step back and do some reevaluating and make sure that it is God that makes you who you are. I believe that we all know someone, everybody got someone in their family who is or has struggled with some type of addiction, right? You got somebody in your family that struggles with an addiction, right? And we know that that person cannot be their full and their best selves because they're working so hard to get something that's slowly destroying them. And it hurts our hearts to see them struggling with that addiction. Am I making sense? You know them, and you're like, dang, I wish I could help them. I hate that they keep going after you. Every time you give them money, it's like they're going and spending it somewhere that you don't want them to spend it to. It's because they're addicted, and they're trying to get something that is actually destroying them. And so some of us, we can't throw the stone because we might not be addicted to drugs. We may not be addicted to alcohol. We may not be addicted to any of these other things, but some of us have an addiction to these things of this world. And we are working so hard to get these things. Some of us cannot reach our full potential in God. You cannot reach your full potential with, with the Lord and your walk with him because you are addicted or you're more, more in love with something in this world than you are to his presence. You're addicted to something more and more in love with something in this world than you are addicted to God's presence. We become more fascinated with something of this world than we are with the things that pertain to God and holiness. And I want to tell you that this is a dangerous place to be. This is a dangerous place to be. Somebody shout dangerous. Okay, say, shout dangerous. Being in love with the, the things of this world more than you love God is a dangerous place to be. Because when you haven't gotten to this place, you are no longer raising the altar of your hearts to God, but you're now raising the altar of your hearts to the world. Am I making sense? I, t I told y'all a few weeks ago, I'm probably not going to hoop and holler this month. I got to teach you, got to undo some things in our, in, our, in our lives. So when you become more in love with things of this world, whether it's social media, whether it's your materialistic things, whether it's the people in your life, then guess what? You have raised an altar to those things than you have raised an altar to God. Amen? Y'all go ahead and give God praise right there. Let me tell you why we get addicted to the things of this world. We get addicted to them so much because the culture of this age has glorified things of this world. They have glorified everything in this world. They make it seem like it's everything. They, make, um, they glorify fame. They, they glorify likes on social media. They, they've glorified particular body images. They, if your body not shaped like this, then you, you must not be where you need to be. They have glorified even having a lighter, lighter skin tone. You're more beautiful if you got a lighter skin tone. The world has glorified so many other things that we feel as if we don't have them, we're wrong. We feel as if we don't have them, something is not right in my life. They made these things seem to be that they're the best there is in life. But I must, we must recognize that this is not so. We cannot afford to think of having something of this world as better than having Jesus. 
We can't build the expectation of our existence, the expectation of our experience around something that can be seen in this earth. You can't build your hopes on things that can be seen, but you got to build your hopes on things what? Eternal. Somebody shout eternal. Because everything you see is slowly fading away. Everything you see, everything you see, even, even all of our buildings, all of our structures, all of these um, organizations, all of these companies, everything, even this body that you see is slowly what? Fading away. And if you work so hard in trying to get this and trying to get that in this life, you'll find yourself in this never-ending cycle of trying to reach this. And once you get this, it's not going to be enough, so I got to go get this one, this one this time. And once I get to this level, it's not going to be enough, so I got to go get it this time. Once I get so many likes on social media, I got to do another post to get more likes. Once this person co-signed this for me, I got to do something else so they, they can like me even more. Am I making sense? You get stuck in this cycle of not achieving and not finding fulfillment because you're striving for something that's fading away. Even some of the clothes we wear. Clothes go out of, they go out of style. You know what I mean? You, what, what, was, what was popular two, three years ago, you put it on now, they're going to be like, what you got on? You're going to wear that out this time. Y'all know how we do. Oh, that's what you're going to wear? Because you don't like to tell somebody their outfit look, look bad. That's what you're going to wear? Okay. Everything that we see is slowly what? Fading away. And so if you build your life off of trying to get something that's going to fade away, guess what? You will never find fulfillment. Because you're going to get this thing and it's going to fade away in your heart. And now you got to find something else. Am I making sense? For some of us, the expectations that we should have for God, we have placed them on things. Yeah, I wasn't ready for that nugget. For some of us, the expectations that we have for, we, we should have for God, we place them on things. Um, you had an expectation, the expectation that God should provide for you. you. That should be your expectation for God. But some of us, we put it on our parents. Some of us, we put this expectation to provide on our jobs. We put it on our manager. My manager got to give me the promotion. My manager got to do, do all these things. That expectation doesn't belong to them. It belongs to who? Sometimes the expectation um, to bring us out of things, we put it on other people. Like, Let me go talk to this, this person. This person can tell me what I need to do. This person can give me a word of wisdom. That's not an expectation that you should put, always put on people, but you should put on who? So some of the expectations that we should have put on God, we put on people. Am I making sense? And therefore, watch what happens. They, you go to that person, and may, maybe they'll give you the advice you need, or you go to that thing, they give you what you need, and now you're going to always go back to that thing. You're going to build a lifestyle going back to that thing rather than going back to God. Am I making sense? So God wants to break the addiction. Somebody say break the addiction. And so at that moment, you've created an idol of that thing. You have created an addiction in your heart. But since we as Christians have placed this expectation on God, guess what God is going to do? He's going to fulfill it. Since we have placed this, this expectation on God, God is going to fulfill it. But some of us, we still haven't placed that expectation on God. And so what happens is you begin to expect something to provide a particular experience. And when it does, it, 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 when you like the way it makes you feel, it makes me feel good. This, this, the reason why I have that sneaky link is because I like the way they make me feel. Uh, yes. The reason why, the reason, the reason why I, I, I like to talk to so many people and so many people is because I like the way that they, it makes me feel. 
And so what we do is we go and start going, run, run it back to that thing because we like the way it makes us feel. Am I making sense? You run back to it every chance you get because you're going after that feeling. You go on, you run it back to that thing because now since I haven't, I haven't had it in a while, since I ain't did it in a while, since I, I haven't had that many likes in a while, since I haven't made that much money in a while, my, I'm beginning to run low and now I'm starting to feel sad. I'm starting to feel like something is wrong with me. My mood is off. My spirit is off. And it's all because you have built that expectation on things rather than God. Am I making sense? I pray I'm making sense. But God wants to break that addiction today, right? Um, so, in order to get out of this addiction cycle, in, in order to stop falling in love with the things of this world, I got two points for us today. Number one, set limits. Somebody shout, set limits. Okay, that time y'all said it. Shout, scream it, set limits. Okay, so, you got to set limits. Setting limits keeps us from becoming more dependent on something else then we are becoming dependent on God. When you set a limit, it robs something of the power to control us more than our surrender to God. Because many times, many times we are unavailable to God because we're too, too consumed in something else. You're un unable to come to God. You're un unable to, unavailable to God because you're too consumed in that cell phone. You're unavailable to God because you're too consumed in trying to get this and get that in life. You're unavailable to God because you've become too consumed in that video game. You're unavailable to God because you're too consumed in something else. But when it comes to men in your life, when it comes to the people in your life, you need to set limits of who we allow to speak into our lives. Set limits on the types of people that you let into your circle. Set limits on those things so that they won't control you. Am I making sense? When it comes to the material possessions in your life, all of the things that you're trying to get, your, your, your car and all of these things, we have to set limits on how much time we spend engaging and interacting with certain things. That Look, I'm, look you're only going to be on that game for about three hours, and that's all you're going to get. Or, look, I'm only going to watch TV for this long because I can't get in my Bible because I'm trying to see what the real wives of, of Atlanta, housewives of Atlanta got going on. We're too busy trying to keep up with this that we can't be available to God. Am I making sense? But if you set a limit on how you interact and you engage with things, now you have more space and time for God to do something in your life. Am I making sense? When it comes to even, I said, um, media. When it even comes to media, you got you to gotta set your mind that, look, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this for the likes. I'm not going to do this for the attention. I'm not going to do this for the clout. I'm doing this just for my own communication. Amen? Amen? Although something may be able to do something in your life, we, and watch this, even, even possessions, although something may be able to do something in your life, you're not going to use it for whatever it is because you want to be more available to God. You can have something. And let's say, yeah, it can do that. You, it, can, it, can, it can make this done. I can get this thing done. You can get this thing done. But I'm not even going to use it for that purpose so that I can still be more dependent on God. Can I give you an example that's getting very popular in this world today? Artificial intelligence. AI. AI. Look, when I tell y'all AI can do almost anything, it, I mean, it can, it, it, teachers, it can write you a lesson plan. You could put a thing in there and, and it asks you, ask it a question. It can write you a script. And some churches are using it to write a sermon. I've seen so many crazy things. 
AI can do so many things, but even though it can do it, don't, doesn't mean I'm going to go to it and use it for that purpose. Because when I use it for that purpose, I'm robbing God from that chance to do it in my life. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Even some certain things, even with, and you got to hear me out when I say this. I know we have so much technology, and we like to use uh, the Google, and we like to use all of these things when it comes to Bible study. And one of my things is I love Bible plans. I love Bible plans. I love Bible plans. I love devotionals. I love all of these things. I feel like it's in order when you're first starting your walk with God. But when you start beginning to grow in God, you can't become dependent on those devotionals. You can't become dependent on all of those Bibles plans because now when you go to the Word of God, you're going to be confused. You're going to be like, God, I don't even know what, what, what I'm supposed to get from it because you have become dependent on other people's revelation. Am I making sense? And I, 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 I become dependent on hearing God through other people that I can hear God my, for myself. So use devotionals, use Bible plans, use all of those things, but set limits. Say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this plan. I'm going to read this scripture. I'm going to read what they say. I'm going to do what it is. But then I'm going to go to the scripture myself and let God speak to me. Am I making sense? Set limits. Somebody shout set limits. I'm teaching. I'm teaching us a lot. I'm teaching us. Some of us need to set limits on our money. They got quiet right there. Because some of us feel like our money and the things our money can buy makes us who we are. But if you set, how, set a limit on how much money you, spend, you plan to spend this week, how much um, attention you want to give to something, and, and guess what? God will honor that, that, that limit. So set limits on how much time you spend on something. Set limits on how much um, attention you give something that is not God himself. Even uh, sometimes we become so fascinated with church culture that we can't even get into God's presence, right? Set limits on even certain things. All right, I'm moving on. Am I helping y'all? Is this making sense? Um, so setting limits helps you rob that thing of the power to control you. Um, if, if we go back into church culture, setting limits is basically this one word, fasting. Somebody shout fasting. Fasting is just a church word for setting limits. Because when you look at it, fasting is literally setting a limit on our intake, setting a limit on our interaction with something, one thing so that we can be more available, we can be more attentive, we can be more uh, ready and in tune with God's spirit. Am I making sense? Fasting, so I'm going to set a limit on this so, God, you can get more of my time. For example, we push back the plate so that we won't be falling asleep when it's time to pray. Some of us, we limiting our intake on social media so that when it's time to read God's word, we won't be looking for someone else to provide the revelation. Because I, I love all of the TikTok preachers. I love all the TikTok evangelists. I love all the TikTok devotional, dev, everybody, everybody, all the prophets, all the apostles, everybody think there's something on TikTok. And it'd be good stuff. It'd be good stuff. Don't get me wrong. But you can't build a dependency on going to TikTok, going to Facebook Reels for revelation. You got to get in God's presence yourself and hear God for yourself. Am I making sense? So as a people, and I'm going to step on some toes. I'm going to step on some toes when I say this. I'm moving quickly. I'm trying to move on. As a people who are hungry for God, if you have a desire to get closer to God, you got to have this, you have to adopt this mindset. Watch this. Not just to fast and set limitations um, on things for a season of your life, but you got to build a lifestyle of fasting. 
I'm going to say that again. Having a desire to not just fast and set limits here and there now, here now, every now and then. No, you got to build a lifestyle. Somebody shout lifestyle of fasting. Fasting is not just something we do every now and then when we want God to bless us. Fasting should not be something we do every now and then when we need an answer from God. God, I need an answer from you. God, I need, I need clarity. God, I need direction. God, I need you to do this for me. God, I need you to save this person. God, I need you to um, heal my body. God, I need you to do all these things. So, God, I'm going to fast, Father, so that you, I can get closer to you and you can make all these things happen. No, you shouldn't fast every now and then to get something from God. No, you should have a lifestyle of fasting. Every day you should wake up and be like, okay, God, I'm going to set a limit on this thing right here so that I can be more available to you. Even sometimes food, God, I'm not even going to eat, I'm not going to eat this certain type of food so that my body can be healthy, my body, my mind can be strong so that I can do whatever you want me to do. Because sometimes that junk food is messing up your mind. Some of us, we, okay, God, today I'm only, I'm going to put my phone over here and the only time I'm going to come to my phone is when somebody called me for an emergency or somebody texts me and I need to respond. Y'all get what I'm saying? Setting a limit on those things so that you can be more available to God. God, I'm, not, I'm only going to do three hours of, of social media today. Setting a limit on those things. I, God, I'm only going to put about $200 worth of stuff in my sheen card this, this week. Have mercy. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. But you got to set limits. Somebody say set limits. You got to fast. Build a lifestyle. Not just a, a season, but a lifestyle of fasting. Every day, and I want you to take time, close your eyes, because I, I feel like I'm teaching a little bit, like I'm in school. Close your eyes and think about, God, what do I need to set a limit on in my life? God, what is it that that's, I've become overly infatuated? I've given too much of my attention, too much of my time to that I need to cut out. God, I, I need it. I need my phone so I can call people. But God, show me how much time I need to spend on it. God, show me, okay, okay. if I'm going to get on my phone, I'm only going to use it for this right here. Okay, God, my money this week, what, what limit do I need to say? Maybe, God, I don't need to go buy a loaded tea this day. God, maybe I don't need to go do this right here today. May, God, maybe I need to do the um, brown bag special for lunch tomorrow. God, what do I need to set a limit on in my life? Get, I want you to get that in your mind. Because when, you can open your eyes, when you start setting limits on things in your life, when you start fasting, it's going to clear your mind. It's going to recalibrate your spirit, and it's going to strengthen your body. I don't care what it is. When you start fasting and setting limits, it's going to clear your mind. You're going to start thinking clearly. You're going to start thinking better. It's going to recalibrate your spirit. You're going to start hearing God's voice more clearly. And you're going to start even feeling better in your body. The Bible says that when Daniel set a limit and he started fasting on the types of food he ate, he could think 10 times better, and he was 10 times healthier than all of his counterparts because he what? Set limits. Somebody shout set limits. I promise y'all I'm moving on. Setting limits has many benefits in your life. Write this down. Number one, setting limit keeps our faith healthy. Fasting keeps your faith healthy. It keeps us strong enough to do what God wants us to do when he wants us to do it. Number two, this is what blessed me. Setting limits keeps us humble. Fasting keeps us humble. Somebody shout humble. Setting limitations keeps us sober-minded and grounded in what our reality is. This is about to help you if you, will, if you would just listen for a second. Overindulging in things 
can sell us a fantasy that cannot actually be attained by the means of our reality. And I believe that this is the reason why so many people become out of touch with their reality and their present moments. Because they become too consumed, too fascinated, wanting and desiring and in love with something that is being sold to them by this world that doesn't match their reality. This is why so many people are frustrated. They hate, they're ungrateful with their reality of what they have because their hearts are yearning for a fantasy that this world is trying to sell them. This is why some people are ungrateful and unhappy with their relationship because they see what relationships look like on social media. Some, of, some people are un, 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 unsatisfied with their partner because they're too attached with adult websites. I'm coming to the house. Some of us are, uh, we are unhappy with the progress we're making in our life because of the progress that other people are making in their lives. Some of us are un, we're unhappy with the car we drive and the, the house we got because of the commercials that we see on, on YouTube, the commercials that pop up on our TV screen. Some of us, we are unhappy with the job we have because of the American dream that this world has sold us. Am I making sense? And if you don't set a limit on those things, you will get caught up in that fantasy. And when you get caught up in that fantasy, you're going to become ungrateful for what God has already given you. Am I making sense? So we become frustrated because we think our lives are supposed to go. It's supposed to look like, it's supposed to feel, it's supposed to do a certain way that this world has showed us. Not knowing, watch this, that the fantasy that this world has shown us, not knowing that the presentation of this world is not even real. Not knowing that everything that this world is showing you is all of that is just temporary. Not knowing that what's behind that fantasy is not real, it's not authentic. Not knowing what's behind that, that fantasy is superficial and it's temporary. If we are not careful to set limits on how much we let our let the world into our minds, we can fall in love and get more hooked on and get distracted, desiring a fantasy rather than what God has given us. Am I making sense? I hope I'm making sense. So you got to set limits so that you can stay humble. Number three, um, setting limits is going to keep us hungry. Somebody shout hungry. Okay, y'all sleep on me. Somebody shout hungry. All right. So when you set a limitation on things, what happens is, okay, God, since I'm not spending time on this, God, since I'm not giving my attention to this, God, I need you to show me how to spend my time. Since, you're not, um, since your life is not filled with that thing, now you get to come to God and be like, God, okay, what you want me to do? Okay, God, since I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go over their house this week because I go over their house too much and it's too much mess and drama, God, I'm going I'm to come to, I'm going to go to my secret closet and I'm going to pray and God, you show me what you want me to do. Am I making sense? So set a limitation, it keeps you hungry for the presence of God and God to show you what he wants you to do in your life. Amen? All right, so set limits. Um, all right, number two, I told you I got two points. If you want to break the addiction from the world, if you don't want to fall in love with the world, I need you to do this. Delay self-gratification. All right? Delay self-gratification. Delay, put it off, self-gratification. I'm going to try to move through this quickly. Self-gratification -gratif is that place where we are doing things that satisfies us in life. Where you do things that make you happy. You do things that make you feel good. 
We gratify ourselves when we do what we like to call treating ourselves. Y'all know you like to treat yourself every now and then. I like, I like to treat myself, too. Amen, praise God. I treat myself to some Toyo, and then I get on the um, PlayStation, I play a little Call of Duty. I treat myself. Amen, praise God. And I'm coming to tell you that um, it's nothing wrong with treating yourself. It's nothing wrong with treating yourself. We, we do things because we feel like we can afford it. I deserve this. I earn it. Uh, I, this, this is just something I want to do. Right? So we treat ourselves. And so treating yourself is in order. The problem is that sometimes when we are treating ourselves, we become greedy. Sometimes the problem, when you start treating yourself, we become gluttony. And I'm not just talking about with food and drinks and stuff. I'm talking about with money. We, I'm going to treat myself to this right here. I'm going to go treat myself to this. I'm going to go treat myself to this right here. But when you do all of those things, you become greedy. You become gluttony. And then you make an idol out of that thing. Am I making sense? We become so consumed in wanting to enjoy something so bad that we slip into what the text called the pride of life. This is when, when we become so full of something else in this world to the place where there's no space for God to satisfy us. God, I'm going to fill my life with this. I'm going to let this make me happy so much that you don't even, I don't even have space for you to satisfy me. Am I making sense? So what I need you to do is delay your self-gratification. And I know somebody, somebody's going to be like, Pastor, you, you, how are you going to tell me to win and uh, treat myself? How are you going to, you don't work, you don't work my job, you don't, you don't got my family. This is just, you can receive it how you want to receive it. This is just what God has given me to help us to break the addiction. If you want to break your addiction, delay your self-gratification. Although you can do it, although you can afford it, although it won't hurt if you do it right now, although like, it, like it, it's totally fine if I did it, you still make the decision to not do it and wait a little later and still do it. I'm still going to do it. And I'm talking about good things too. I'm not talking about sin. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't delay sin. You should be, you should, you should be running from sin. But I'm talking about some good things. I'm still gonna do this thing. I'm still gonna treat myself. I'm just not gonna do it right now. Because we don't want to train our spirits, our minds to be in love with something else of this world more than it is in love with God. So God, I'm gonna intentionally delay it so that I won't get overly attached to it. We still plan on doing it. Well, we just do it at a later time. Amen? Because you don't want to get caught up. You don't want to get sidetracked. You don't want to let go of your mind. You know how your mind do. You know how your mind is. We know ourselves. And we know how we can get carried away in our flesh. We know, you know how we can get carried away in our ego. I treated myself and now I feel so good that I'm full of myself. Right? So you delay your self-gratification. You delay treating yourself so that you can have space for God to satisfy you. Amen? I promise you I got this last point and then I'm done. Things are not created to make you happy. Things are not created to make you happy. I know all these things and we attach it to happiness. None of these things are created to make you happy. Things are created for happy people. I'm going to say it again. Things are not created to make us happy. Things are created for happy people. We have to learn to wait until we find happiness within ourselves before we do or interact with things. Because if you don't have happiness within yourself, if you don't have fulfillment in yourself, if you don't have peace within yourself before you do it, you're going to build a dependency on that thing to make you happy and that thing to make you satisfied 
than you are to God. And so when you build that dependency on that thing, when it doesn't perform the way that you feel like it should, you get down. When the next time it, it don't hit the way it's supposed to hit, you, f- you start feeling weird, man. You start questioning yourself. You start feeling depressed, mainly because you've depended on something else to make you happy rather than God. Am I making this sense? So what I need you to do is hold out. Before you treat yourself, hold out. Wait until you have secured happiness within yourself. Wait, wait till you have secured happiness in your own heart, in your own spirit, on the inside of you, before you go out and, and, and depend on something else to make you happy. Don't watch this. Don't do things to make you happy. Do things because you are already happy. Okay? Don't do things to make you happy. Don't go and get this job. Don't go and, and make this friend. Don't go and do all of these things to make you happy. But find happiness within yourself and in Jesus first. And then do it because you are already happy. Amen? And I promise you, when you do that, when you find happiness within yourself and then you go start doing things, you're going to be in a better headspace. You're going to be in a better spiritual space. You're going to be in a better um, mental space, even emotionally and physically, because you're not dependent on things that are fading away to make you happy. Amen? I'm done. Somebody shout, break the addiction. Wake somebody up and say, break the addiction. I want to tell you today. Jesus is able to set you free. Whatever it is in your life that you have become addicted to, Jesus is able to set you free. One of the things that hurt my heart the most about seeing someone who is struggling with an addiction is to see how they begin to lose themselves. And you can get a person in your mind that's struggling with addiction. It's like their personality, it just start fading away. It's like their passion for life, and they, they it start fading away. They were going in a good direction, but then it started what? Fading away. It goes away, all because of that, of that addiction. And I want to tell you, that in my last song, please don't lose yourself. Please don't lose yourself because you're in love with something of this world more than you are in love with God. Mark 8 and 36. What profits a man to gain the whole world? What's, what, what profit do you get to have all of these people, have all of these lights, to have all of these material possessions, to have this house, this car, to have this degree? What profit do you get to have all these things and still lose your soul? And I'm, coming, I, I, I'm begging you, don't lose yourself trying to get something in this world. But put Jesus back into your heart the way he's supposed to be. Put Jesus back into your heart the way he's supposed to be before you, before what you're trying to get wrecks your life. And so, just in case you have allowed your expectation, your infatuation with something of this world to cause you to pull away from God, today can be the day that you give your life back to Jesus. Today can be the day that you, okay, God, I was, I was, I was too caught up on that. I, I'm, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm surrendering it. I'm letting all of that go so that I can be here for you. Today can be the day that you make that decision. Today can be the day that you give your life back to Jesus. All you have to do is make the decision that you do not want to struggle with that anymore. I don't, I don't, I, you got to make the decision that you don't want to be consumed in it anymore. You got to, you got, freedom starts with a choice. Deliverance starts with a choice. And when you get sick and tired 
of being consumed in that, you got to make the decision that, God, I don't want that anymore. I want you. And once you come to Jesus and recognize that he is everything that you need more, guess what? Jesus will break that addiction. I, I, I promise you, you don't have to struggle with that thing anymore. You won't have to go back to that thing anymore. If you will make up the decision in your mind and your heart today that, God, I'm letting it go so that you can have me, I promise you, Jesus will set you free. And if you're making that, that decision today, I want, you to, I, want, I want to challenge you. I want you, to, I want to challenge you to do something that symbolizes your decision. That if you've given up something today, I want you to do something that symbolizes your decision. Do something to show God that you, know, you don't want that anymore. Do something to show God that you're not going back to that anymore. Do something to show God that, you know, God, I'm not going back to what makes me sick anymore. Do something to show God that you're not going to allow that thing to keep consuming your mind. Because once you do that, I promise you, Jesus will set you free. I promise you, Jesus will set you free. As I was praying and I was reading um, and, and just praying and sitting before God, I began to have a vision of, of how whatever the idol is in your life, and you may have it with you today, you might not. I saw people bringing it to the altar. I saw people laying it at the altar saying, God, I'm leaving this here. God, I, 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 I'm letting that thing go. And if you, want to, if, that, if you want to do that with you today, if you are even want to write it on a piece of paper that you got in your purse or in your Bible, and you want to come and leave it at the altar, leave it at the ground, I promise you, you can come leave it at the altar. Whatever it is, make the decision. Do something. Today, you can do it right now. Do something to show God that, God, I'm leaving it where it is. Amen? Go ahead and praise God right there. We're going to go into a time of prayer. Um, for ministers, I want you to stay seated for just a second. I'm going to give people time to think about that. Uh, let us pray. Most gracious God, Father God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for this opportunity to come into your house, to um, enjoy your word, to enjoy your presence. And Father, I pray now that you will break the, um, the chains of addiction off of the minds and the hearts of your people. That, Father, whatever has consumed them, Father, it has to let them go now in the name of Jesus. That as they are making the decision to come back to you, God, I pray that you will set them free. Set them free in their minds. Set them free in their bodies, God. Set them free in their spirits. That, Father, that they will feel released from whatever has been holding them down. And so, Father, as we move forward, I pray that you will release a spirit of faith into the room. That, Father, that we may respond to your word, God. That, Father, not only just hear your word, but, God, we may respond and apply your word and do your word in our lives. Father, I pray that you get the most glory. God, you know what you wanted to do. So, Father, do it now in the name of Jesus. Father, we honor you, God. We bless you because there's nobody like you. And, Father, we keep you first in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen.